Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 40 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I am really, really looking forward to this episode, and I want to start it off with this question. So have you ever considered what it would be like to give birth as intimately as possible? Now, this can definitely look different for different people. For example, for me, giving birth as intimately as possible happened with my second baby, and it was just myself and my husband and my best friend who also was the student apprentice um, in the room for the majority of the labor with my the rest of my birth team kind of filing in right at the very end. Now for Shayla and for many others, this means actually giving birth completely alone, maybe just a family member or two around. Many people call this unassisted childbirth or free birth. And although I personally love and respect midwifery and the comfort of knowing that a certified professional midwife is attending my birth, I do think it's important to acknowledge and recognize that that's not the only way people choose to give birth at home. I also kind of find it important to note that unassisted childbirth is legal in all 50 states, whereas the legality for CPMs to attend home births varies from state to state, which I find incredibly annoying, but it is the truth. So today we're going to be speaking with Shayla, who's experienced quite a vast array uh, when it comes to childbirth, from giving birth at her mother-in-law's house, which is a feat in and of itself, I would say, to a hospital, and then to home alone with just her family. She's done it all, and with grace, I might add. So before we head into that story, I want to thank our listener of the week, who is K 42 and the review says, Amazing. I'm a full-time real estate agent and mom of almost four kiddos. I spend a lot of time in the car driving to meet clients and show houses, and I'm also preparing myself for my first home birth. I listen to this podcast for hours every single day. The positive stories being shared are so inspiring and help me mentally prepare for my own birth. I love that not everyone has the same birth story, which gives me different situations to consider and things to bring up to discuss with my midwife. Keep it up because your podcast is an inspiration to expecting moms like me that are anxious yet excited to have their first home birth. Thank you so much, Cobb and K42. That is exactly what I'm hoping to provide. Um, so if you will email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will be sending you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker for my true Happy Home Birther fans. Now, don't forget to take a screenshot or a selfie of you listening to this episode and upload it to your Instagram story so I can feature you on mine as well. I'm also going to start getting a little more active on Facebook. I feel like I've kind of only given attention to Instagram, but I think it would be really great to do some Facebook lives. So plan on hopping over to the Happy Home Birth Podcast Facebook uh, page and there are going to be some live Q&As about home birth. Um, so go ahead and give that a like if you haven't already. Other than that, please remember that the views of my interviewee might not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and that neither one of us are medical providers. So continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. And let's head on over to the interview with Shayla. Shayla, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. 
I am so excited to talk to you because you are going to be our first mother so far who has decided to have a free birth or unassisted home birth. Oh, okay. That's exciting. No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. All good stuff. I'm definitely curious to hear how you came to that decision. So if you wouldn't mind, would you just start by introducing yourself and your family to the listeners? Yes. Uh, Okay. So my name is Shayla Brown. Um, I am currently in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I'm a mom and wife. I have four, now four uh, boys. This is, I just had my fourth baby um, six weeks ago. Wow. That's so amazing. And so with your other babies, you did, did you have home births with all of them? I had home births with three of them, including the one I have now. And then I had a hospital birth with my third son. Gotcha. Okay. Well, would you mind just kind of running us through that with your, your first birthing experiences and how you chose home birth in the beginning? Yes. So um, I first chose home birth because I wanted to be as in control as possible of the process. And just in my research, um, I was just finding that hospitals weren't really allowing a lot of a lot of the things I wanted. I knew I wanted a completely natural birth. Um, I wanted the environment I wanted. I wanted to be able to eat. I didn't want um, drugs to be pushed pushed on me. I didn't want to be interrupted in my process. So I just chose to have a home birth. Um, I was living back home in Mississippi or Memphis at the time. So it was a little hard to find a midwife, but I eventually found a student midwife and, um, we went from there. That's so neat. So how did home birth enter the radar? Did you know someone who had one? Oh no, no, nobody I knew had ever had a home birth. All my family thought I was crazy. They didn't Uh understand why I wouldn't just go to a hospital and have a baby like everybody else. No, I just did research. Um, I had started, started, um, just taking more control of my health in general. And I started to just research natural options for toothaches, for uh, fertility. I was having trouble getting pregnant. And so when I changed my diet, I was able to become pregnant. So after that, I just kind of kept going with the research and kept going through all things natural. And through that process, I found out about home birth. And um, through interviewing hospitals, they just weren't what I was looking for. Um, I wanted to have my birth the way I wanted to have it. And there were just a lot of stipulations um, yeah. at hospitals. So I just, oh. I just didn't want to have to adhere to any of that. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like you were making such empowered decisions from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, okay. So you, so you had your home birth with your first and then, and that was in Mississippi. Um, yes, I had the first one in Mississippi. I was living in Memphis, but there was no midwife in Memphis. She had traveled from Mississippi to Memphis. So we decided to just have the baby back in Mississippi at my mother-in-law's house. Okay. And how was that having it at your mother-in-law's house? It was, I mean, everybody was, everybody was really good sports about it. Uh, they were worried, you know, a little, but they, but they, they kept it together and it was, I really appreciated it. So, cause they did a really good job of, um, supporting us. Cause it was like five days. It was snowing outside. Um, but my mother-in-law cooked and, you know, everybody kept their spirits up. So it was, it was good. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. And then with your second birth, uh, what did you, how did how did you uh, navigate that? Were you in a different area at that point? Yes, my second birth, I moved to Arizona, um, which is like the other side of the country from mm-hmm. where my family is. So I was kind of by myself, you know, aside from my husband um, and my first baby. 
So um, at first, I was going to have a free birth then because I was like, I don't know anybody. I don't know any midwives here. I don't know any hospitals. So I'm just going to have a birth at home. But I wasn't quite ready to just do it by myself. So I eventually found a midwife. I think I did some research. Yeah, I did some research and I found another um, student midwife. Um, and then just from there, I got her to be my midwife. But it wasn't until like 30, 36 weeks into my pregnancy that I found a midwife. Okay. And I had another home birth. Okay. So with that that birthing experience as well, you had gone for a good amount of time prenatally kind of doing things on your own. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did, how was that? Did you enjoy that experience? Um, kind of. I mean, it was, it was a lot less stressful because, mm-hmm. you know, when you go into your appointments, there's a lot of emphasis on what your levels, this level, that level, what's in your pee, what's in your blood. Um, we're concerned about this. Drink more of this. Eat more of that. So I didn't have that stress to worry about, but it was a, it was pretty taxing to have to have that responsibility on okay. myself. Yeah, yes. that yeah. makes sense. That totally makes sense. And then you said with your, uh, with your third baby, you had a hospital birth. Yes. So I had a hospital birth with a third baby. Um, my family was in some transitions. The midwife that I uh, initially used, she didn't, she wasn't available. I'll say mm-hmm. she wasn't available. So I, it was very important to me to have African-American midwife, just being an African-American woman um, and just somebody I knew. So I didn't I couldn't find anybody. And there was this other nurse midwife that I had met before through my other midwife. So I was like, well, I'll just go with her. And I wanted to have the, I kind of wanted to have the hospital experience anyway. Um, being a doula, supporting women in hospitals, I kind of wanted to see what it was like to actually have to give birth in a hospital. Um, so it was kind of an experiment. It was also kind of out of necessity. Um, but it went well. I found a nurse midwife. Um and it wasn't the worst experience. Okay. And I, I'm curious about the statistics about that. I can look them up and maybe put them in the show notes. But but you're right. I mean, the African-American community is really, really under-supported when it comes to, I mean, when it comes to all things birth. But the yeah. the midwifery, the, the level of midwives or the number of midwives, I guess it's not, there, there aren't a lot to choose from. Right, right, right. We don't have a, a lot of options. And um, not that there's anything wrong with having a midwife that's not of your skin color, of your culture, sure. but it's just more comfortable. Um, there are cultural barriers, barriers that you don't have to really sift through. Um, and it's just always just comfortable to have someone who... Um, who understands you, who looks like you, who speaks your language. Um, so, yeah, there, there aren't a lot of options. So I, I kind of had to go into a hospital because of that. And a lot yeah. of us have to do that. Yeah. I, I also, someone sent me a resource and I'm, I'm definitely going to post this in the show notes, but there is a resource now where you can actually search. I think it's called, I think it's actually a South Carolina. I'm in South Carolina. I think it's a South Carolina based practice in the lower state that, um, I think it's called sister girl. Oh, sister midwife. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. She's actually out of Louisiana. Actually she trained me. She was my doula training. Trainer. Oh Her gosh. name is uh, Nicole Deggins. Yeah. Sister okay. Midwife Productions. And, yeah. And she has like a, she has a way for you to be able to search in your area. Is that right? Yeah. Of, of yeah. Care for yeah. And, and just since, um, since having my second baby, which was like two years ago, we uh, like more of us have been trained and we have more options now, but yeah, it's, 
I mean, it's growing. It's Great. just slow, slow. It's slow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, that's awesome. I'll definitely be be uh, linking those resources so people can find them and see that. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so third birth, it went well in the hospital. Yes, it went well. I mean, everybody was nice. Um, there were, I mean, there were nurses who, the thing about the hospital is they're just trained a certain way and everybody doesn't mean harm. Like everybody's not intentionally trying to disrupt your birth process, but there are just so many protocols that they have to go through. So there are all these papers you have to sign. They have to monitor you every like, uh, hour to 30 minutes. And so when you get it, you just kind of can't get into a, a birthing groove. You know, you get in your zone and you're birthing and your contractions are doing well. And somebody's coming in the door asking you to sign something or asking you a bunch of questions or adjusting the monitor on you because they have to keep monitoring the baby or telling you you have to lay down now because the monitor is moving too much. Uh-huh. So it's just, it was just a lot of disruption of the process. And you kind of, I just kind of couldn't get in and stay in a zone. And a lot of things that I knew about my body and that I knew about birth, I kind of had to have tiny arguments with people mm. to, uh, to, so they could allow me to get out of the bed, to move around. Um, so, I mean, that, that it was just kind of more of a nuisance. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is one of the big differences between home and hospital. I feel like is, yeah, you can totally have an unmedicated birth at the hospital. It's just that there are more things you have to be cognizant of. And it's more of sometimes not even a fight, just like a, a discussion about things. Whereas if you're at home, you don't even have to think about it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, everyone was nice and I, I was able to get what I wanted for the most part. I just had to convince people. Um, and then towards the end, you know, the nurses were amazed. They're like, oh, my gosh, you, you know, you're, you you are dilating. Oh, my mm. gosh, you did this without medication. Like, so they were nice. Yeah. Just, you know, right. <laughs> just, they just weren't used to it, I guess. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and so did you give birth at a hospital that you had doula at before? Um, no, I had never doula there. Um, okay. At that time. Now, gotcha. since I've given birth there, I've been there about three or four times Okay, as a doula. And has that helped you with with your doula business? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, like I said, I understand what women are going through. I understand what it feels like to have what you want in your mind, but then to be inside of an, another person's territory mm. uh, and be up against policies. So yes. even even being a doula, it was hard to... to to muster enough courage or confidence to combat that. So just a regular mom, I, I, yeah, it makes me empathetic with them and it helps me to create approaches for them to get what they want. Yeah. And it just shows the value of a doula once again, you know, gosh, they are just so incredibly important, especially in that hospital situation. Yes. Yes. And I have even noticed if I'm in a hospital with a mom, that they're treated much more differently than like if I'm not there or once I come in the room, things start to change or once they know who I am. First, they might think I'm a a friend or something. And then when they ask, oh, who's this? And they're like, that's my doula. And it's like everybody's everybody's demeanor changes. Everybody's nicer. Everybody's calmer. Everybody's more patient. So (laughs) more attentive. That's Um, awesome to to kind of be that like intermediary where you can kind of run the defense for for that mom. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. It really is. Okay. So with your, you had your hospital birth and then you took the step to have a free birth with your fourth. What was yeah. that decision like? Um, It was a lot. It was, it was, it was not easy. Uh, you know, I said from the beginning that I would do it. 
and my husband was more confident than I was. I just, I just, I didn't know. I, I guess about being older and then seeing so many things, you know, as a doula and reading so many things, you just like, you know, all the things that can go wrong. And I just had a lot of that in my head at first. But then also on the flip side, supporting so many women in hospitals, I was just like, ugh, I, I, I just... It's one thing to be in the hospital having a baby, but to be on the outside, like watching everything happen, it's just like I I can't go into that knowing oh. <laughs> everything I know. Like I just can't, I just couldn't birth at a hospital. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So again, I couldn't find well, I, I could find midwives. I just like finances were an issue this time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just have to try it at home myself. <laughs> and it was another challenge. It was another challenge. Um, it also made me more attentive to the birth. Um, I didn't have any other person to like lean on. So I had to pay attention to everything I had to study. Um, and like I said, I feel like I could really support a woman all the way through labor. Like I know exactly what happens in your body. Like I know how to pay attention to everything that happens. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great method of study. I guess I'll say that. Yeah. So what did you do? Like, did you, did you have any resources that you used prenatally to prepare yourself for uh, all of the, like you mentioned, like the what if, so this could go wrong or that could go wrong. Like, did you have, um, ideas in place of what you would do in certain circumstances? Um, so prenatally, I was seeing a nurse midwife. So I did have somebody seeing me for prenatal care. Mm -hmm. So if something went wrong, I could just go with the regular plan of going to the hospital, which is, you know, as far as my midwife was concerned, that's what I was going to do anyway. Right. So, yeah. So I just didn't change anything up until the moment of just when I went into labor, I just didn't notify anybody. (laughs) And I was like, well, if this goes wrong, I'll just call my midwife and tell her I'm in labor and I will head to the hospital that I was going to birth that anyway. Okay. this kind of was my backup plan. <laughs> well, and that's that's interesting because so it's kind of it's kind of the opposite of your second birth, I guess, where you didn't have you really didn't have the prenatal care, but then you did have a midwife, and then this one you did have all of the pre prenatal care, and then took birth into your own hands. Yes, yes, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, you've kind of experienced the whole gamut. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then my baby was breached for a minute, and then I was thinking I was going to have, have a C-section, and then I started researching for breech births. Um, I found spinningbabies.com, and I did some of those exercises, and he turned, luckily, before I had to give birth. Oh, okay. Um, so when was he When was he breech? He was breached like, like, maybe like two weeks before I went into labor. No way. Yeah. Had yeah. he been like, had he been breached at previous appointments or was it like, nope, he just flipped and you like, did you feel him flip or how did you know? Well, I, I mean, I guess he hadn't, I hadn't had an ultrasound for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had one like in the earlier part. So, you know, the, their positions change all the time. Um, so I got further along then my doctor's like, I just want to have a, you know, ultrasound just to see baby's position and everything. And then I went to have ultrasound at like 30, I don't know, 37, 38 weeks or something like that. And he was breached. And then I went back for another appointment. He was breached again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then they recommended, um, what is it called? 
There's a procedure in the hospital. Oh, um, the external version? Yes, the external version, yes. They recommended that, but it sounded traumatic, to yeah. be honest. And the success rate did not, it wasn't great. It, it sounded like they had about a uh, about a 65% success rate, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not great. Right. And then just the procedure just didn't sound like anything I wanted to do. And it wasn't guaranteed. So and then if it didn't work, I was going to have have to have an emergency C-section right away. So I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So I looked up the the website, Spinning Babies, and I did um, the, most of the exercise where I where you like invert yourself. You mm-hmm. know, you're on the couch. I love you, that one. Yeah. So I did that one. And. I guess he must have turned at some point. I mean, I did feel some really strong contractions one night. So maybe that's when he did it. And then the next appointment I went to, they checked and he had turned. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. That's really, that's cool. So they gave you, they told you to check out spinning babies or did you know about spinning babies on your own? I just knew about that. Yeah. 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 No, that they is did not tell me to check out. <laughs> <that. No. laughs> I didn't think so. No, they told me to go to the hospital and get injected <laughs> with all these drugs and have somebody, you know, no. Push your baby around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That the forward leaning inversion that, uh, that Shayla's talking about, I can link to that in the show notes, but that one is good for breech babies. It's also good for posterior babies. Like if your baby is just in a wonky position, Mm -hmm. that one can really, really help. And I, yeah, we've, we've used that with clients before and it is, it's phenomenal. That one's probably my favorite. Okay, yeah, and I can recommend that to moms because I've met some moms since then who have had C-sections because their babies were posterior, and I was like, wow, really? Yep, and and it's frustrating because it can definitely, you know, it can definitely add a strain to labor just because back labor sucks. Like, you know, like back labor just sucks, and posterior babies typically cause back labor, so to be able to get that baby in a good position beforehand is, is really critical. Yes, yes, because I definitely didn't want a C-section. I didn't really want to deliver a breech baby, although I know people do it, and, you know, it's possible. I just didn't want to. I've never done that before, um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah that's all, that would be a whole lot on your plate all all at once to experience on your own. Right. Well, so tell me, could you, or would you mind walking us through the labor and, like, how you knew labor was starting, yeah. how you felt during it, and what all happened? Yeah, sure. Uh, it was, I mean, it was pretty uneventful, which was great. Um, I, the typical, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. A little nursling. Uh, yeah. Um, so the typical, you know, signs of labor starting, um, I started to get more mucus and I started to think then like, okay, maybe something might be happening here, but I, I didn't feel any cramps or anything. So I was like, okay, maybe just my mucus is increasing like that's normal. Um, and then I saw a little bit of bloody show and I was like, okay, maybe something's happening here. And then I started cramping and I know that just once I start cramping every time I'm in labor. So I notified my husband, like, okay, I think I'm in labor. And he was like, okay. Um, and I just kind of went about the day getting the room together. That's about when I decided, okay, I'm not going to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was a game right. time decision. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I just started getting the the room together, um, laying out all the supplies and materials, um, washing, clean. I guess nesting while I was in labor mm-hmm. or whatever. Um and that day and a whole day went by and I was kind of, it was kind of going slowly. I was also having to like, you know, care for my younger kids and stuff too. So labor couldn't really just like, I couldn't really focus on the labor. Right. So it 
kind of went, it went kind of slowly, I guess. Um, but it was progressing. I was having contractions like uh, sporadically here and there. Um, and they weren't very, uh, very intense or anything. So the next day rolled around and they started to pick up some. And I also just kind of told my husband, okay, I want to speed things up. So I'm going to focus in more. I'm going to go in the back and I'm just going to kind of like focus on get some rest, you know, because I knew when things speeded up, I wouldn't be able to get any rest. Um, And I didn't know how long it would be. So I was like, I'm going to get some rest and focus on labor a little bit. So I rested for maybe like an hour or two. Then I um, got up, did some some uh, exercises. I kind of stood up and did some exercises to stimulate the labor, kind of progressing a little bit more. And it, things speeded up from there. Um, the more I kind of walked around and moved around. Um, and the more being around my kids and my husband, I guess it released a lot of oxytocin or something. But the contractions were like back to back after oh, wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, things started to speed up and I just worked through the contractions. I had been reading a hypnobirthing book before then. Um, and I just breathed through it, um, kind of worked through them. And when I got to transition, it got a little harder. Um, but by the time my kids went to bed, like the my baby didn't come until like 10 p.m. And my kids go to bed at 7 because I was wondering like, okay, are they going to be there when I'm pushing? But it worked out to where they um, were asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I just got to focus on just laboring. Um, so... When I got to transition, like I said, it got a little harder. Um, I moved to the front room after the kids went to bed. Um, I worked through most of those contractions on the floor because I guess his baby was descending. My hips were in more pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just worked through most of those on the floor, um, keeping my my pelvis space open, giving the baby plenty of room to get down. And, um, yeah, I had him on the floor. <laughs> Yeah. What was the pushing phase? Like after you got out of transition, did you have to push for a long time or was it a pretty simple process? No, I pushed for like maybe, maybe two minutes and he was out. (laughs) It's that long. And I mean, he came out almost too fast for Mm -hmm. my husband to catch him. So, (laughs) yeah. So your husband was really, did he enjoy the the process of giving birth unassisted? He did. He's been thinking he could do this since the first baby. So... (laughs) So now he's got it checked out. Yeah. So he was, yeah, he's very excited about it. (laughs) So, okay. What was the postpartum like then, you know, with the placenta, how did all of that go down? So I left the placenta attached because my original plan was to have a lotus birth. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have like three other little boys and I was just very concerned about, (laughs) about if, if, if that was possible. So like after day one, I, I cut it, um, mm-hmm. but I did leave it attached the entire night. Um, it just so happened that my mom was coming in town. My brother is here too, and he was having her come in town for his birthday. I think they were, they were going out or something, and she was coming the night before I was in labor because mm. my due date wasn't until like two weeks, um, two weeks later. Oh, like so you week. had the baby early. Like yeah, I did. Okay. Right before, like the night before my mom got here. I oh, had. wow. It was perfect. It, it was perfect, perfect timing. Like, <laughs> and I was thinking she would be here earlier because her flight was supposed to come in earlier, but then she had a delay. And um, so she got here the day, the day after. 
But I was telling her, okay, I'm not going to have a hospital birth. I'm going to be at home. I don't know if you want to be a part of that, um, but I just wanted to let you know. So she was like, I'm glad you let me know. No, I'm a little too nervous for that. Um, I do not. I'll see you when I get there. Um, so when she got here, it was, it was like I said, it was perfect timing because, I mean, I had help in postpartum. So That's beautiful. Now, I also want to hear, like, the actual like delivering of the placenta because I know that that first initial postpartum for the mom can be like kind of the the trickiest part sometimes. So did the placenta come out very easily? What did you do to get it out? Like what position were you in and that, that kind of stuff? Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because in the hospitals, you know, it's very, uh, it's very violent the way that they get the placenta out. Like they're doing a lot of pushing on the mom, tugging on it. Um, which is just really not necessary. I didn't do any of that. I mean, I, the position that I gave birth in, I was I had one knee down and then the other other leg was propped up. Okay. So I was kind of in shock, honestly, after after <laughs> it happened. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just had a baby on my floor by myself. Everything worked out. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, my gosh, I have another child. Like, all of that happened at once. Oh. Then, um, so I was kind of in that position for a while. And just as we were cleaning up, um, it kind of took a while. Um, so when I finally did stand up, the placenta just started to come out and I kind of had to sit back down, um, and like, I guess, pull it out a little bit. I really didn't pull it. It just kind of fell out. Right. Really. Right. Just kind of yeah. like guide it out or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And and so there was no like extra bleeding or anything like that. It was like very. No, no. That's like right. there was, there was no bleeding. I mean, like, there was the amni- amniotic fluid, of course, mm-hmm. that was like went everywhere, but no, there was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had one pad on the floor, and it was like that was not enough. So, I was wondering, I was going to yeah. ask you about about your birthing supplies. Like, since you'd had home births before, you kind of probably knew what all to get. But, but did you kind of have a checklist of like, oh, I need all of these things, and I need to have all these things set out and prepared? Yes, yes. I really just used the old checklist from my first birth. I still, I just kept it. The whole time Um, I used the the old one, the the old one from my first birth and from my second birth. Both midwives are giving me a checklist. So I just kind of looked at both lists and made one master list and went from there. And we kind of look on there and see what, okay, we didn't use that last time or Mm -hmm. we didn't use that last time. So. So, yeah, I had um, like the bed pads on the floor, I guess, like the. I don't know what you would call them, but they were like the pads that you put on the bed, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like Chuck's pads. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, and so I had the I had those um, on my bed because I thought I would be giving birth in my room on the bed, but Not it ended up being yeah, <laughs> it ended up being on the floor in my front room. And for some reason, I thought I just needed one pad <laughs> under me, and it was not enough at all. But luckily, <laughs> I don't have carpet. <laughs> right? Okay, yeah, that's good. So luckily, I don't have carpet, so it was a pretty easy cleanup. Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, did you also, I was curious, did you have like any herbs on hand or anything like that for, for afterwards it, or in case you needed them or were you just going to just go to the hospital no matter what? Uh, no, I did. I, um, there's a, a student midwife that I know here. Um, she also has like a, a postpartum herb service or something. And I bought some herbs from her. Um, I bought a, a blood building tea blend a uh, mood booster blend and a sits bath blend. Okay. Yeah, I can't tell you what was in them. I just <laughs> just she blend. blended it up, and I'm like, I trust you. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. I have. So yeah, I had those, and I did drink a lot of tea. Um, 
afterwards. Like and even, and during labor, I drank um, nettle and oat straw and red raspberry leaf. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you if that was the tea that you were drinking prenatally because yes. that's yeah, that's what I take. Uh, I love it. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely that. a great preparation for for any birth, but definitely, you know, doing things on your own, taking matters into your own hands. I'm it's awesome to hear that you really were preparing and toning your body for that. Y- yes, yes, cuz I didn't want anything to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Well, okay. So you've had all of these amazing experiences. This definitely makes you a super well-rounded doula. So I love for you to tell us about your doula services. Yeah. uh, Thank you. So uh, my doula service is called Genesis Birthing and Living. And the Genesis refers to just the beginning and the way that we birthed in the beginning without all of the Without all of the things, you know, without all of the the monitors and the, though there's there's nothing wrong with monitoring your baby's heart rate, but just without all the fear, basically. Sure. Um, so that is pretty much the philosophy that pregnancy is not an illness; it's it's a condition, and it is something that you it's a condition in which you have to take care of yourself. But you're not sick, you're not dying. Um, labor is not a medical emergency. There are things that happen that are emergencies, but labor in itself is not a medical emergency. So that's pretty much the philosophy behind it and kind of just um, educating women, couples on the things that they need to know about how your body is operating in labor so that you can um, control it as much as possible so that you can manipulate it so that you can um, accelerate it if need be so that you can um, tolerate it. So, that's kind of the philosophy behind Genesis Birthing and Living, that you can do things naturally and all you need is the right tools. And I kind of assist you with with collecting and using those tools. I love that. And so you do some prenatal work with your clients, but you're you're generally a labor doula. Yes, yes. Um, lab, I'm there for the labor. Um, and yeah, prenatally, we just prepare for the labor, just like if you were um, getting ready to do a 5K and you might hire a trainer or something to prepare you for it. That's kind of the approach that I take with the with um, labor coaching. That is awesome. Well, would you mind sharing your, I know you've got an Instagram and any other types of social media that you have uh, so people can find you and, and keep up with you? Yes, thank you. Um, so my website is genesisbirthingandliving.com, genesisbirthingandliving.com, and it's instagram.com, um, genesisbirthingandliving on Instagram. It's also genesisbirthingandliving on Facebook. You can put that in the search bar, or you can do facebook.com slash genesisbirthingandliving. Um, and then there's a Word, WordPress blog, um, genesisbirthing.wordpress.com. Awesome. That's amazing. Shayla, you are such a wealth of knowledge. I just love all of the experiences that you bring to the table. And it's going to be so fun for people to go look through your things and and learn more about you and hear your story and really, really build a community. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Shayla. And congratulations. I love hearing those little sweet newborn sounds in the background. (laughs) Yeah. They're beautiful. All right, Shayla, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Wow, what a powerful and courageous woman Shayla is. I love all of the different 
stories that she was able to bring today and the different experiences that she has had. And as we kind of enter our episode roundup, that's the main focus was for me was just how many different ways she's experienced giving birth. Uh, she used a student midwife for some of them. She used a CNM for some of them. And then her last birth, she just gave birth on her own terms in her own home. I do think it's important to note that Shayla did get prenatal care her entire pregnancy. Um, and then her decision to have an unassisted birth was really, like we said, it was kind of a game time decision. Like, okay, am I going to go in? Am I going to stay home? What's happening? Um, so on that note, that's kind of where I want to round up and, and put some emphasis is that you know, I don't know much about unassisted birth. I don't know much about free birth. It's not really my comfort zone. I really love a good CPM. Um, but that does not mean that that's how everybody feels. And I do want to make sure that we're spotlighting all kinds of stories on this podcast. So what I will say though, is if that's something that you are interested in. There is going to be another podcast episode coming up later this year with Ilka B, who is the founder of Liberated Birth Movement, um, which I think that would be a really great place to start for people who are considering this. Really what I'm trying to say is please do not just listen to positive home birth stories on this podcast and think, okay, yeah, now I'm going to go have a free birth because I am not saying that at all. I think that you have got to find some really good research because just listening to positive birth stories is not not going to cut it um, safety-wise. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and for loving it and loving all the different kinds of stories that we get to listen to together. I am grateful for you. If you would please head over to iTunes and leave a review, I would really appreciate it. And if you really love this show and it means a lot to you, I'd love for you to head over to patreon.com slash happy home birth and uh, help support the show and, and really help me make a difference. Um, you guys are my favorite happy home birthers and I look forward to seeing you back here next week.